It's the voice of St. Louis KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. Thank you for tuning in. For the next couple of hours, we're going to spend some time together. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but I don't want to have anybody forget their mom. Mother's Day is coming up on May 10th. So we are really getting close. And, you know, with shipping, uh, if you've ordered anything online, you know, sometimes some of the shipping is delayed. Well, I want you to be on this. I found a great uh, a great list of items, uncommon gifts for an uncommon mom, whether it's your mom, your sister, your mother-in-law, the special mom in your life, a couple of really cool ideas that are different than, you know, candy or flowers, something like that. Uncommon Goods Long Distance Friendship Lamp is on their top list of things that you could get when snail mail takes far too long. You can light up her day instantly by illuminating her lamp with a bright hue glow when you place your hand on your own lamp. No matter how far you are apart, you can, of course, grab just the one uh, by, uh, but they, they do come in pairs, which is how you get the most out of it. And of course, mom will have to have a Wi-Fi connection. Hopefully she does that. But how cool would that be to look over at a lamp and see it light up and know that your loved one is touching their lamp to let you know that they love you. Isn't that a cool idea? I think it is. Fanny packs are making a comeback. My wife and I have noticed on TV and in movies that fanny packs, they're maybe bedazzled a little bit more. Well, Lululemon has the all-hours belt bag. Maybe for your mom when she goes out for a stroll. This thing, she can put so much uh, so much good stuff in there. Hand sanitizers, Kleenex, gum, SPF-infused lip balm. But the, uh, the waterproof fanny pack is the Lululemon All-Hours Belt Bag. A unique gift for your mom as she goes for maybe a stroll. I'm telling you, we've noticed. The, uh, the hip sack, they call them, or the fanny pack, they're coming back in full force. And the other idea for mom when... Toilet paper is uh, a short supply. You can't find it anywhere. It's so funny. People are still having trouble finding it in the local big box stores. Uh, I will tell you that Tushy is the name of the brand of the classic bidet toilet attachment. And it, it's kind of a joke about, you know, toilet paper. Can't find toilet paper. Uh, it's it's leading the, lo- the global economy. Well, the eco-friendly uh, idea would be the classic bidet toilet attachment. goes on to any toilet, and that may be an uncommon gift for your uncommon mom. Just a couple of ideas. You can find that at NBCNews.com under their shopping section. That's where I come up with my top three items for mom, uh, May 10th, of course. And you want to get that ordered because, guess what? The shipping it could be delayed, and you don't want to be late for Mother's Day, right? Coming up on the program, we're going to talk small business and medium business uh, ideas with Jerry Kirk out of Brookdale Farms. He's gone through the steps and is benefiting from some of the federal programs that are out there. We're also going to talk to a conspiracy theorist. He actually runs a magazine called Skeptic. His name is Michael Shermer. We're going to talk to him this hour. Plus, we're going to talk about motorcycle riding. As the temperatures go up and we're still safe distancing, you can do that on a motorcycle. Did you know that? We're going to check in with Bob Blanton from Full Throttle Magazine as well. That and a whole bunch more is coming up on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Stay right there. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. Got an opportunity to have a virtual bow on the go stop to Brookdale Farms and the owner, Jerry Kirk. 
He is a small business, and he has gone through the paces and the uh, applications and all the forms uh, for assistance from the federal programs that have been put out in the last three weeks. And I wanted to get a real-world take on what his experience was like. So in this virtual Bow on the Go stop, I I would love to introduce you to Jerry Kirk of Brookdale Farms. Jerry, tell me about your experience, buddy. So it was, um, if, if you remember back, it was kind of spring break week for everybody. Um, and we had made plans to go out of town for spring break with, uh, with our boys. And, um, of course, at, at, at that time, um, there weren't any travel restrictions. You know, it was still, things were still just kind of ramping up. So we were out of town when um, we started hearing about everything that was going on. Some of the people that were at, at the resort we were at were from Canada, and they had to fly home early because the borders were being closed and things like that. So um, while we were there, uh, we started checking on some things, and I che- uh, heard about there was going to be some programs to help small business. So I checked the SBA website and went there. And um, when I first uh, I attempted to apply for what's called an economic injury disaster loan, and you apply for this on the SBA website. It's through the SBA. It's not through your local bank. It's different than the payroll protection plan. So it's, it's different than that PPP loan. It's applied through the, through the SBA. I tried to apply for it, but at that time, the state of Missouri wasn't declared a disaster area yet. Right, right. And, um, and before you so, go any further, hold on just a second. For anybody sure. that's a business owner or a manager, uh, I would suggest getting a pen and a piece of paper or grab your phone and take notes uh, through this conversation uh, because there is going to be some direction that Jerry's going to offer up that's going to possibly help you. If you're thinking, we're done, we're tapping out, there's a chance that you can hang in there. Uh, so go right. ahead, Jerry. Even if you didn't get a payroll protection loan the first time, there's still money. There's money coming for that now, too. Um, so I did went to apply. Missouri wasn't declared a uh, disaster area yet. The next day, Missouri was. So I submitted my application that day. Um, I had to, at that time, the, the uh, application process was a little more difficult than it is now. Um, we had to upload some documents, tax returns, um, financial statements, things like that, uploaded them to the website and got a application number. Five or six days later, uh, maybe a little bit more, we got a notice from the SBA saying, we have your application. We have streamlined the application process. Please fill out a new application. Went back to the website. Oh, and also at that time, they said, we're offering $10,000 grants to each to a business that even if you don't get a loan or you decide you don't want a loan, we're going to give you this $10,000 within the next five business days. Um, and you don't have to pay it back if you don't get a loan. It's a grant. So Otherwise, we, you do have to pay it back, correct? Well, if, if, you, when you, get, if, you, get, if you follow through and get the loan in the process, yeah, it's a loan. Okay. You know? At that time, the loan was structured as a 10-year payback at um at 3.75 percent interest is what it is yeah so yeah so money's fairly it's very reasonably priced compared to any kind of um business loan you're going to get you know yeah so um so we reapplied at that time did the shorter form which was much easier i mean it took 10 minutes to apply uh and then and then sat back and waited again got another another request from them saying hey we have your application fill out an application again so we filled out an application again 
And this is all uh, done online. You do, did all, all done online. Basically, I did it all from my phone. By this time, we had gone because the payroll protection plan was rolled out then. Yeah. We had gotten all our information for the payroll stuff and we'd taken that to the bank. So, okay. So you would recommend any business owner that hasn't done that part yet go to your bank, talk to do your it, bank. Absolutely. Do it now because that program's refunded and that money's there. Right. So once you're, and, and with, uh, it, we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit here with the payroll protection plan loans. Once they're approved and submitted to the SBA, they, they have to fund that to you by ten, within 10 days. Yep, yep. So that's, that's through your bank and the SBA. I, I did get an email after that from the SBA saying, hey, we're, we're authorizing an, a loan for you for this amount. It, you can decide if you want that amount, if you want less or whatever you want, sure. but you can, have th you can have this amount. I, put, I said, here's what I want, sent it back to them. Um, they had me do two smaller steps at that time, like identify myself with some questions off my, um, credit report. And, and they also asked at that time, what, uh, what bank I used and my, my banking information. And this is uh, all through which website you were going through? Is this the SBA.gov? Okay. Okay. If you go there, there's a big banner on it. said COVID it says COVID-19 resources, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, then the, S uh, a, a few days after that. I got a notice from the SBA saying, hey, um, your loan's been approved. E-sign it. Here's your, here's your E-sign documents. E-sign the documents. The money was put in our checking account the next day. Wow. And that, and that EIDL money is not, res it's, it's restricted somewhat, but not as restricted as the PPP money, but it is a loan. It's not a, it's not a uh, you know, it is a loan that has to be paid back. But it's not a. It's not like the PPP money where you can, you, if you use it for payroll, it's forgiven or anything like that. This loan isn't going to be forgiven, but it is a low interest loan. They did change the terms of it. They actually made it to a thirty year payback instead of a ten year payback. Okay, that's all. But your payments out longer. You know, and there's no prepayment penalty. You can pay it off earlier if you want. Right. And um, they also deferred payments for one year, so you didn't even have to make a payment on the loan for a year. Here, so, here's where I'd like to interject the fact that yeah. if you are a business owner, make sure that you, if you go check your email and you just happen to get an email from what looks like the SBA.gov, don't do it that way. Make sure you make the initial contact w through their website because in these times, in any crazy times, people are, the evil people are going to try and fish you or scam you. So don't just, you know, don't get an unsolicited, you know, email and just click on it and go through because then you're divulging all your information, your social security number, your taxes, all this stuff, and you don't know if it's legit. So make sure you make the first move. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. And, I, and, and, and here's the thing too, Bo, when you do make your application, you get, an, you get a number, an application number, okay? Yeah. I, screen, I just screenshotted mine and kept it in my phone. Mark. Each time they told us to reapply, we got a different number. When we, found, when we got the reply from them saying you're authorized for this amount, it had the application number on there that matched up. So I knew it was legitimate because it was that same application number from yeah. one of the applications that we filled out. Right. So that's how we knew it was legitimate. And, you know, of course, the whole time you're thinking, man, this is too good to be true. I, this is really going to make a big difference in how we, you know, in, in, in riding through, riding through this, this situation yeah. so um and you know so the whole time you got you hold your breath you got your fingers crossed at the same time that we got the application or like the day before we got the thing saying you're authorized for a loan the ten thousand dollar grant showed up in our checking account Good. in our business checking account jerry kirk is the owner of brookdale farms in eureka that's why we're talking to him so the reason for this conversation though was to just share 
some thoughts of a real world experience. Jerry has gone through the correct steps. You've had great success on everything you've, you've tried and that this is going to help you stay afloat, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'll say this, it's taken a lot of the worry and the pressure off, yeah. you know what I mean? To know that we, you know, to know that we can, we can kind of ride this thing out. Yeah. So, but I guess my, my advice to anybody who owns a business, there are resources out there. Um, I just read yesterday that St. Louis County has some business grants that they're giving out that you can apply for through their uh, redevelopment corporation. Um, so there's some, if your business is in St. Louis County, there's some money there too, to try to help people. Um, yeah. so there's different resources. You just gotta, I think you have to reach out to everybody and everything and try to, um, and just stay on top of it. I mean, that's all you can do. You know, Bo, like we talked before, we were, we were felt like we were set up to have our best year ever. You know what I mean? We had so many bookings, so much stuff going on, everything going into, you know, you interviewed, you interviewed Catherine Hunt from Grove. Yeah. I mean, she's, Catherine's been working with us. Catherine's been working with us for two years. And I mean, she had our website was on point. All of our stuff was on our social media. All those kind of things were working for us. We, we, we made huge, you know, huge leaps and bounds in our business in the last couple, in the last two years. The economy yeah, was, was economy cranking. You know, you know we, were, we were set to knock it out of the park this year. And, and then this, you know, then this happened. So, but all you can do is, you know, all you can do is, is hold on, do the best you can do and, and, and reach for, try to get the, the uh, help that's out there that you can help. And I did, but I, I wanted to do this because I wanted people to know it's not just, you know, Ruth Chris and these universities and stuff that are getting money. Right. There is money out there for small business. If you could, if, you know, get the, get your application in and, and, you know, they're going to process it and look at it and there is some money out there to help you. So yeah. hopefully, Hopefully everybody will, everybody will get you know get the help they need and we'll keep keep things going. Well, I appreciate you uh, being so willing to offer up your experience so far, and it's so positive. Uh, again, you start with sba.gov. And then if you haven't gotten your payroll protection plan money, the PPP money, you do that at your bank. So your bank will have an application for you for that. It's approved by them, funded by the SBA. It, it the money's fairly quickly fairly quick. If you use seventy five percent of it for your payroll to keep your employees on payroll and to keep paying your payroll, you don't have to pay that back. That will be a, that'll turn into a grant for you, not a loan. The EIDL is a loan, but it's a, it's a low interest, long-term payment deferred for a year loan that will help you get back on your feet. Jerry Kirk, Brookdale Farms. Thank you so much for your time and uh, really, really appreciate the friendship too. No, you bet, Bo. I can't wait till we can, uh, you know, go out and do something. (laughs) (laughs) Have some fun. Maybe you come on a float trip this year. I can't think of a better idea, Jerry. Thank you very much. There is your virtual Bo on the Go Stop with Jerry Kirk of Brookdale Farms. My name is Bo Matthews. Coming up next, we've got an author who has a magazine called Skeptic, and he's written a new book about the COVID-19 virus and why we think the way we do when we see different headlines going across social media. Michael Shermer is our guest next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Radio's BS detector, Mark Reardon. Weekday afternoons at 2 on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. 
It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and I am one that's all about theories. Some people want to call them conspiracy theories. I just want to call them theories because, in my opinion, I think people that have theories are actually thinking. And I want to introduce you to New York Times bestselling author and renowned scientific humanist, Michael Shermer. He's been uh, covering his two areas of uh, research, conspiracies and why people believe weird things. I have my own theories, and I cannot wait to compare notes uh, because I just actually heard a podcast that he did on the Joe Rogan experience, which was fantastic. And we have him uh, as our guest on CamoX. Mr. Sherber, how are you, sir? Oh, nice to see you or hear you from an underground, dis- un- undisclosed location. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what I'll say. Uh, Michael, uh, I want to mention you are the publisher of Skeptic Magazine, which I will be signing up for immediately. I didn't know it existed. Uh, a presidential fellow at Chapman University and the author of Giving the Devil His Due, uh, Reflections of a Scientific Humanist. This is a busy time in your mind, I'm betting, huh? Oh, it is, for sure, and attesting my uh, thesis of my book, Giving the Devil His Due, that everybody should be given their due, including crazy conspiracy theorists and people with alternative theories of medicine and and the COVID-19 and and all that, because um, we are wrong so often about so many things that you got to let all voices be heard, even if most of them are crazy or wrong or way far out there. You just don't know. And, and, and even someone like Fauci, he doesn't know. I mean, he's not omniscient. He's not a god. Right. So we, we got to let all, you know, all uh, flowers flourish and, and, and see which ones survive the sunlight of investigation. So you, you mentioned theories, so, you know, ideas, hypotheses, guesses, whatever yeah. people toss out. You know, even scientists, they're always spitballing ideas. Most of them are wrong. The only way to find out is to have open debate and disputation and experimentation, testing. Let's see which ones hold up. So that's that's the thesis of the book. I'm applying it to COVID-19 in the sense that there are a lot of conspiracy theories, mainly because there's so much not known yet. Uh, and when there's a vacuum of a causal explanation, that's where you know, people fill in that gap with whatever ideas they can come up with. Uh, yeah, I think we're all looking for answers. And that's why we are so, I'm, I'm personally, I'll speak for myself, that I'm gullible. It's like, oh my goodness, it's the 5G. It's got to be the 5G. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and But isn't it crazy how many uh, publications or websites that are out there all the headlines say the say what they think is as a fact, and that's what people are reading, and that's what people share, and people are like, oh, did you see this? Did you see this? So I, I think we're all just looking for answers more than anything. Yep, and uh, there's still a lot unknown about the origins of it, although that's we're getting kind of a consensus that it's uh, 98% similar to the bat version of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So, and bats are, you know, mammals. They live in massive uh, colonies of millions of individuals. There's this cave in Texas has like 20 million individual bats about the size of Mexico City. And, you know, they're very susceptible to respiratory diseases as we are. So it makes sense that there's, uh, you know, a link there to that wet market in Wuhan, China. I'm pretty sure it's not a bioweapon lab leak. I think it, it is what, you know, we've been told. But, I think, you know, China has covered up a lot because it's an authoritarian regime and, and they have a lot of secrecy. I think they knew about it many weeks before. We know about that one doctor um, who blew the whistle three weeks before uh, they shut down Wuhan. Oh, yeah, I heard that headline. And then he died. 
you know, he's guys like 35 years old. He died mysteriously, allegedly due to COVID-19, but that'd be pretty rare for somebody in their 30s. And, you know, you can't help but wonder if it's something else, because when authoritarian regimes cover things up, they sometimes get rid of people that are whistleblowers. And uh, so, you know, there's that, and there's, we don't have a virus, we don't know how long it's going to take, we don't, you know, there's all the different um, drug treatments that, you know, there's no uh, randomized controlled trials on any of them yet. Oh, vaccine, so, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No vaccine Not yet. just vaccine, but treatment, actual drugs to treat the sure. COVID-19 disease. That, we still don't know. So again, where there's that unknown, you know, then everything, you know, gets thrown into that bucket of of, uh, of a gap, and you know, including Bill Gates is behind it. You know, come on. I've, I've read I'm that little... too. And, and and the thing is, is you know, with with the internet and with technology, people put together what looks like legit uh, reports, and it's like, wow, there there must be something to this. Michael Shermer is the publisher of Skeptic Magazine. Michael, do, do you come by your skepticism uh, naturally, by honestly, by family that that kind of got you into it, or how did you get into it? Oh, well, I, I'm trained in, in the social sciences, particularly experimental psych, and so there's, um, I was always interested initially in my 20s with uh, the paranormal, the supernatural, religion, science and religion, does God exist, you know, all those big questions that, that fascinate college kids. But I took it, you know, further and said, well, I want to study this stuff for a living. And then I kind of morphed into Skeptic Magazine. It's just like there was a niche to be filled for all these margins and fringes of science, you know, that, that people just did, you know, scientists were too busy to, to investigate. I thought, well, there's a, a need here. Like, what, what about Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, right. Bermuda Triangle, psychics, astrologers, tarot card readers, people that talk to the dead, conspiracy theories, cults. So all these subjects are what we look at in at Skeptic Magazine, Skeptic.com, and and most of my books, you know, are focused on that. And um, you know, again, that it's all super interesting. But the question is, what should we believe? What's right. true? And and, and w- that's, just that's in hard. just in the COVID nineteen uh, series that we've been going through, what has this been? Eight or nine weeks we've been uh, stay at home uh, quarantine. Is there yeah. anything that you've heard or seen that? actually shocked you. I, I would imagine you're a guy that doesn't get shocked very often from all the uh, investigative reporting you've done and writing. Uh, anything that's uh, that maybe I haven't heard anybody mention aliens well, being I, behind I, it. I, I, no, no aliens. But I think the, you know, the exponential growth of the, of the COVID-19 disease as a result of the SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus is that you know, we've seen this happen many, many times before, you know, with SARS and MERS and the N1, S1, N1 flu and, the, and so on. There's been, you know, a dozen of these in the last 20 years. None of them have exploded like this. So I was at that TED conference where Bill Gates gave that speech that's now gone viral. Really? Where he, yeah, yeah, in Vancouver. And, you know, I remember thinking, yeah, 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 yeah he's probably, maybe he's right, but, you know, we've heard this before and nothing ever comes of it. And I always attribute it to the, you know, the efforts of of the uh, World Health Organization and the Gates Foundation and all these scientists and the CDC and people like Fauci. I think, well, these guys know what they're doing. I'm not going to worry about it. And so when I first heard this stuff in January, it's like, yeah, 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 we've heard this before. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this is what surprised, I think, a lot of us. So it's uh, it's unfair to, I think, to, to criticize any leaders for for not you know, shutting things down sooner. It's like, but, but they're not prescient. They're not gods. They're not omniscient. They don't know. No one knows. Sure. So, you know, it's a discovery program. Before, we're discovering, yeah, every, you know, as we go before 
pushing the panic button early would have looked like, you know, the, the, the sky is falling, chicken little, and we've ruined the economy for no good reason. Well, now, you know, we know that shutting down probably very probably was the right thing to do. Here it is. You know, I'm in California. They just shut down all the beaches this morning. No beaches anymore. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, that's probably the right move for another week or two. And, you know, but but we don't know for sure, 100%, but, you know, sort of local experiments. This city tried this and that state tried that, and this is what happened. They're not perfect experiments. Sweden, you know, hasn't done much of any shutting down. But it's a very different culture than American culture, much much smaller, much tighter, more homogeneous, and, you know, harder to compare to America. So it's, you know, it's really hard to know what to do. And according to the president, we're, you know, we're testing more than any other country on the planet. So, of course, our numbers are going to show bigger. Um, but do you do you see uh, like you're are you you're serious? The beaches are just now shutting down in California. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, G- Gavin Newsom just announced this. I, 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 I take, usually take my dog to the beach in the morning, and I went down there. It's like it was all roped off. I'm like, uh oh. And as part of <laughs> and and as part of the country is now trying to reopen. I mean that that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. happening while you guys are still uh, shutting things down. I know. I know. Oh, they oh, they also announced you have to have a mask on now. It's required to go into any. Um, supermarket or store that's also new so I, but again you know different states have different um programs so we, we'll see uh you know it, it, these are natural experiments you know we can't force people to do things but uh state by state you know they, they do their own thing and so we'll see what happens and this will be these will be good experiments for future pandemics because you know this is, won't be the last one but this is a good learning experience i think for everybody it certainly is editor-in-chief of uh, uh skeptic magazine his name is michael Shermer. uh before we uh, let you go uh the 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 bigger picture the ramifications of something that nobody has seen, nobody has experienced on this planet ever, uh, that the world is a ghost town. Um, do, do you see us getting back to 100% down the road in, in just your your personal opinion? No, no. I, I think uh, we're going to live with uh, social distancing of some kind for many years to come. Yeah. Uh, unless, you know, the virus develops and it's so perfectly effective and, and 100% of people get it and, and the virus disappears, that's that's not likely to happen, and therefore I think the handshake is gone as a business and, and social thing. Isn't that crazy? Maybe maybe, maybe hugs are gone. You know, we're going to do the elbow bump oh. or, the, or the yoga bow or you know something like that. I I, I think is and restaurants will be far more cautious about uh, you know salad bars and and, and what uh, buffets uh, buffet yeah. Well, what about Vegas buffet? We were in Vegas actually just before uh, you know things started shutting down, and we we saw you know. I'd say 5% of the people that were wearing masks because the headlines were already out there. And now you look at, I just saw Vegas on TV last night, and it's a ghost town. Of course it's a ghost town, but yep. this is yep, just a yep. crazy thing. So uh, the the book, Giving the Devil His Due, is is uh, perfect timing for people that are looking for another good book to read. Uh, tell me just quickly, if you can, about uh, what, what that book is about. What am I going to get if I read that? Oh, yeah. So Giving the Devil is Due is a defense of free speech and free uh, inquiry, heterodox thinking that is thinking outside of the box, defending, you know, outsiders that who should be given a voice. I also deal with some of the big questions about, you know, what's the you know, meaning in life if there's no uh, God. 
That, that is to say, to what extent can science give us, uh, you know, purposeful, meaningful, and, and even moral answers to the life's biggest questions? I tackle all those. So even if I don't have the right answers, because really nobody does, you know, I'm, I'm trying to bring a different perspective because I'm not religious, you know, but non-religious people, scientists can also deal with these big questions of morality and meaning in a thoughtful way. And that I think we're all on this journey together trying to figure this thing out life, I mean, and, and there's just many different perspectives, so I'm trying to bring a scientific perspective to these big issues. Michael Shermer is his name. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about some of the political headlines that have been going on because it used to be nothing but coronavirus and COVID-19. Well, within a couple of weeks, uh, politics really got ingrained in the headlines that we're seeing, and my buddy Brian, my political buddy, is coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Get home fast and informed. Total Information PM starts weekdays at 4 on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX and KMOX.com. All right, this is the 17th time I've tried to call my buddy Brian, <laughs> my political buddy. How you doing, Brian? <laughs> Oh, I'm good. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's crazy. As I just said that, an ad popped up on my screen because I'm doing my show from my home studio, as you know. Uh, the the ad says, Managing America's Overnight Surge of Wireless Traffic. I think I'm not the only one having trouble uh, getting a cell signal out, although I thought these phones used Wi-Fi for phone calls, too. But I may be, uh, I may be mistaken. Well, and, and you, your Wi-Fi calling is only if you've got it set up for that. I know that that tower is probably being overwhelmed because most people drive to St. Louis to work. Yeah. And they're all they're all staying home. Well, I thought of you as soon as I saw Hillary Clinton uh, uh, actually endorsing uh, Joe Biden uh, for the presidential candidacy for the Democratic Party. Uh, unless she's trying to run for that position of vice president, which you and I have discussed over over the last uh, several months, that I still think she could probably want to throw her hat in the ring. Is this a way she could do this, in your opinion? The question is going to be whether or not she helps the ticket. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think there's still so many people out there that are so bent out of shape that she didn't win the last time that she could probably help the ticket. Yeah, well, it, um, it could be. And, I mean, a lot of people are talking about the state of Joe and uh, and his mindset. And, you know, is he is he going through something, you know, medically, which we've got to be concerned about. And probably this time around more than any, uh, the vice president, uh, presidential candidate, is just as important as the presidential name. Well, you remember uh, shortly, I think it was shortly after Trump got elected. He did that 2 a.m. treat uh, uh, tweet that, that used the term "kofefi," and uh, the Democrats were talking about using, uh, I think, the 25th Amendment to have him removed from office for one tweet. Right. I don't think it's going to take long for people to say maybe Joe's not fit to be president, uh, with as often as he he forgets where he's actually at. You know, I don't know if your family's been touched by, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, and I'm not saying he has. It's never been publicized that he is experiencing that, but he definitely has his moments of tripping over his tongue or can't can't remember, you know, phrases or, you know, important things too. If you've ever had a family member that has gone through that, and my family has, it's like we just want to we just want to protect them. We want to make sure that they're safe and you know, not to make any major decisions. Have have you ever had that in your family? Yes, and then uh, you know, with a uh, well, a step grandma who I absolutely love, and uh, so she went through uh, 
fortunately she did not have Alzheimer's very long before she passed. Uh, but it was a very, very traumatic thing for her and, and, uh, for my, for my mom and stepdad. Of course. And what did uh, you guys do? You, you wanted to care for her. You loved her, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if that's going on with, with Joe Biden right now, I absolutely feel for him and those around him that care, care about him. Uh, but this is also a business. And, uh, you know, the, the, America is a business. It's the biggest business in the world. And I would not have wanted my step-grandma to be even running her own finances, much less the country's business. Ain't that the truth. It's not mean-spirited to question whether or not uh, you want that, that guy at the helm. At the same time, you still wonder, my God, imagine how much effort goes into all of this. I, there's no way I could do it. There's, I could not hang with Donald Trump or Joe Biden or anybody that was running for the presidency. Right, right. The, the amount of, of just hours and you have to be on your game all of the time because everybody, for the most part, is looking to pick you apart, and, and rightly so. You better be at the top of your game, and, and I just don't see that in Joe Biden at the moment. We're talking to my uh, political buddy Brian. Uh, Brian is a uh, as an American. He's a business owner. Business is good. You're still you're you're mission critical, correct? Oh uh, well, I think that's questionable. I'm, uh, <laughs> and and uh, to be honest with you, I'm small enough to fly under the radar, I believe. So, uh, but yeah, I'm doing some fleet work, and and uh, that's been deemed critical. And I'm doing all of the the social distancing, and you know, I've got a I've got a Clorox wipe in my hand at all times. Right, uh, right. But you are continuing it, to operate your business. But in the meantime, it's, it's, it's very, very skinny, though. I mean, there's not a whole lot out there at the moment. Of course, because uh, everybody's at home right now. Well, and, and me being mobile, that doesn't matter quite quite as much. I think it's more just the uncertainty. Uh, you know, even though people got a bunch of money in the mail you know, last month or this past month, uh, I think they're going to be pretty tight with it until they see what's going to happen yeah, you know, we've still got a lot of the year left. Mm, ain't that uh, the truth? And, and and until we see the the reopening in practice, my hopes are not that high that we're going to just jump right back in and, and have a booming economy. Well, I, I think our president is more optimistic about it, and I think that's a good thing to try and keep people's hope alive. Um, but as we move closer and closer to November, President Trump has been, you know, doing his uh, White House press briefings on the coronavirus, and I think that's good that he's, you know, being transparent to get as much information out as he can. Uh, some people, of course, you and I even talked about this on the front end of the coronavirus and COVID-19, that it, it won't take long before it starts to uh, get political, you know, uh, and, and blaming and, oh, and it certainly didn't take long. <laughs> it, it, you know, and it, it's kind of sad, too, because, you know, they, they, there was even rumor they wanted to call it the Trump virus. Seriously, right, that's a thing. Right. And I'm like, come on. Well, did you hear that question? And I don't know who asked it. It was during uh, the briefing, I think, on Thursday, Thursday or Friday of last week. And, uh, and they asked. Now, or it was when we hit, uh, we hit more people die so far have allegedly died of coronavirus. Uh, then died in Vietnam. And the, the question that was asked is, is, do you think that you deserve a second term with that being the case? I saw the video once and I couldn't find it again. I know, I know what you're talking about. And, and his, his answer was the most eloquent I've ever, I've ever seen it. Well, please recall uh, it because like I said, I saw her clip of the reporter asking the question, uh, you know, do you deserve a second term after a, a, you know, an issue like this? 
I, what did he? I don't even know. Can you paraphrase what the President Trump said? Well, he didn't. One, he didn't attack back, which I thought was uncharacteristic. Uh, he said that, and he basically nutshelled it with saying, "Any death from this is too many deaths." Wow. And and then he he went in and explained that it was unprecedented and that the you know that nobody saw it coming, including the experts and and but he at no point in time uh, hit back, which was very uncharacteristic, and I thought that that was wonderful. Well, you say uh, uncharacteristic, I, I would say unstereotyped because uh, when when uh, the drone was shot out of the skies over the Middle East and he didn't attack because nobody died in that drone attack that that knocked right. our drone out of the sky. I think I was a little shocked that he didn't, you know, respond in kind. Um, so, you know, I thought... Well, remember, he got attacked for that. Well, of, co- <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, so I'm actually not surprised that that he held him, himself together in response to that. And, and congratulations on, on being able to hold it together like that. Uh, oftentimes I'm watching these White House press briefings and I'm thinking, okay, how would a President Biden be answering these questions and dealing with this? Um, I personally don't have the energy that Donald Trump, our president, has. No. Uh, I don't think anybody does. I know. (laughs) Some things don't add up. And what doesn't add up is that less people are dying from the flu right now, or at least during the last part of the flu season, than have in recent history. But coronavirus skyrocketed. Well, and they characterize it as being, you know, really, really, really contagious. Well, and our numbers are so high on the planet uh, for the COVID-19 deaths uh, attributed to more testing is what is what we're being told. But how could we have more deaths in a, uh, a country of 330 million, roughly, uh, compared to China, which is highly dense in, you know, billions of people? It's, it, it just is baffling, uh, certainly, well, of the, the World Health Organization reports. The more testing that happens, the more people you'll find out had it and were asymptomatic. And what will happen is that death rate will go down. Yeah. And they're estimating that's going to be down around 0.1% in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's what I heard last night. Crazy, yeah. which, which isn't crazy. But if you just do the math at what we're at right now, the death rate does not match that. The numbers that we see are the number of cases, which is you know over a million, and then the number of deaths, and then the numbers of recovered people. And that math doesn't add up either. But anyway, right. I digress. There, there's a lot There's a lot of moving parts to it. But, Brian, I just want to check in with you. Be safe, my friend. Keep wearing your mask because you look better with it on. My name is Bo Matthews. That's my buddy Brian, my political pal. And this with the is, face for radio. Uh, you dang right. We both do. And this is the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Thank you, buddy. Take care. For some reason, I just really enjoy talking politics with that guy. Not that we agree on everything, but uh, that's a good guy right there. All right, Brian, thank you very much. Coming up in the second hour, as the temperatures rise and the sun comes out, motorcyclists, you've been hearing them more and more. That's like the perfect social distancing. Well, the magazine in St. Louis, uh, Full Throttle magazine, uh, the owner is a friend of mine, Bob Bland. We're going to talk to him. More small and medium business uh, advice from Anthony Noto from SoFi, if you've ever heard of that company. Plus, we're going to find out the experience with the Riverbend Head Start program with the kids and the families that are going through this stay-at-home order for our bi-state area. And we're going to check in, uh, as we all should, check in on your friends and family. My buddy Billy Combs in Paradise down in Florida. It is all coming up in the next hour on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. 
With the weather break and one change that you are going to see and hear more than ever is the sound of motorcycles. Of course, uh, with the self-distancing, motorcycle riding is the best self-distancing because you're not flying like, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the the. Uh, the Blue Angels, you're not flying, you know, or you're not riding six inches apart from each other. Uh, and I, I actually thought of that uh, analogy uh, the other day when I heard about the Blue Angels doing flyovers in different major cities. And I thought, yeah, motorcycling, you're still usually about two or three feet away from each other. Uh, but I bring up motorcycling because I saw a post recently on Facebook uh, from Full Throttle Magazine. Full Throttle is a, a locally owned uh, magazine that you see at different motorcycle shops and bars bars and restaurants. Well, without us going to bars and restaurants, where do you get it? And I was uh, happy enough to see that there is a digital version that you can get. The owner of uh, Full Throttle Magazine is, uh, is Bob Blanton, and he's on the phone right now. And have you ridden yet this year in 2020, Bob? You know, I've been out a number of times, Bo. Feels good. A uh, couple times very chilly, but uh, we've uh, lucked out and had a few really nice days that uh, we were able to get out and hit some back roads and not see anybody and uh, be social distancing for about uh, two miles. And and that's why we've been motorcycling all our lives, right? <laughs> social distancing, exactly. like a boss. Right. It's like, leave me alone. I'm out here on my own. You know, when you think about, uh, you know, the, the economy and how things are right now, uh, you know, you think of the small business owners, uh, which you are with the magazine. And I, I was I was so happy when I clicked on the video of your wife, Cindy, saying, hey, we're still here. We're still putting the magazines out. I was so happy to hear that because I thought the announcement was going to be something the opposite. Uh, the motorcycle uh, group that uh, is uh, patrons to your magazine uh, are just good people, hardworking people that just want to get out and relax like yourselves. Um, do you do you feel that the biking culture is is changed too much to change forever or are we going to get back together no i think we'll get back together i think bikers have a probably a little different outlook than uh, a lot of the uh, general public i feel that we'll be back having bike nights where we've got sturgis coming up in august uh, i'm curious to see how that covid19 does affect that sure we've got bike fest here in saint uh, or in uh, Missouri down at Lake of the Ozarks in September. It's the biggest uh, bike rally in the Midwest. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're still seeing hotels getting booked up, and uh, bikers are emailing us and texting us when we're going to have bike nights. Yeah. So I, th- I think the biking community will rally. I think there'll be some gun shy people, but uh, I think for the most part, we'll see uh, us bikers out there uh, rolling down the road, burning up gas. Well, I know that uh, that this is the best time to ride because there's so much, uh, so fewer people on the road in their cars and their trucks. So you can you can ha- you don't have to go far to find a, a road that's not traveled uh, very much, and maybe a good opportunity to get out if you you know if it's a cool day, bundle up, layer up, as they say. Uh, but it's an opportunity to go out and head down to Bixby or head up to Alton or Bethalto or something like that. Because truly, I mean, that's kind of why I kind of backed off on riding some because the texting and driving in cars and trucks was just, it was, it was too much of a game. You know, it was, it was too dangerous. Uh, but now it's kind of like we have the road to ourselves or kind of, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and that's one of the things that I'm loving right now, that you can get out on the road, and it doesn't have to be a back road. 
there are many of the major roads that just don't have the traffic. So you can get out, enjoy yourself. You don't have to worry about the guy who's in the truck next to you right. moving over and hitting you because he's playing on his phone. Unfortunately, that's got to be a huge problem with uh, the biking uh, folks, the industry in general, that, that this texting and playing with your phone and and through, even through your dashboard, it's it's affected a lot of lives, taken away a, a number of bikers. So it is true. Uh, it's a, it's a great time to ride right now. I don't, I don't know what it is about these uh, these rectangles that we carry around with us, but I guess it's the fear of missing out. Uh, my my father, who is uh, past his motorcycling days, but. Uh, you know, that guy's got every alert, every notification from every source, every news channel, every Facebook, social media platform, and his phone just rings like a carnival game or a slot machine when you're sitting next to him. And, and that's, that's the, the danger. What really kind of, you know, freaks me out. I mean, I've all, you know, for many years, we've been able to carry our music with us and plug in Bluetooth into the stereos of, of the motorcycles of today, which is fantastic. But when I see somebody that has a mount on their handlebar, and I'm not shaming anybody, I'm just saying if they're doing more than music on their phone or navigation, uh, you don't really need to reply to that email right this second, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see it. I've got, you know, I've got to admit, I know some bikers who uh, they'll text while they're uh, on their (laughs) motorcycle moving, you know? What are you asking for? Trouble. Don't do it. I don't do it in my car. I run multiple businesses, and I have a tendency to grab that phone when I'm driving, when my text goes off. I know. Whatever. And I, I just can't do it. I, I have to say, you know, look at me. I'm a biker. I'm a guy who's complaining about the people texting. Can't touch it. Sorry. Right. Hey, you got to uh, wait. Flipping through the online version of your magazine, uh, you have many dealers uh, that advertise in there, uh, and I'm sure you've been in communication with the dealers. Uh, I've, I've been out to St. Louis Power Sports over in Fenton on my UTV project that I've got, um, and they are open. They're, I guess they're, they're, they're mission critical, if you will. Uh, are motorcycle uh, dealerships the same way? Yeah, there's, uh, uh, most of the motorcycle dealerships are open to some degree. Some are by appointment only. Sure. If you want to come look at a bike, if you want to have service, if you need parts, um, it's by appointment. Other dealers have their doors open that they're just limited in the number of people who are in the dealership. I know a couple uh, uh, dealers that have closed during this, but for the most part, uh, we're still able to get distribution of the magazine through the dealers. They've got people going in and out the doors. Obviously, business is not what it should be in uh, the end of April coming up on May. Uh, this is a great motorcycle uh, time for dealers, but uh, we're, we're in a unique situation. But, yes, there are still a lot of the motorcycle dealers open. Well, I know that there are a lot of great destinations within the uh, uh, the coverage of KMOX Radio. Um, are there any, any bars and restaurants that you've heard we're done, we're out. I mean, I, not to, not to focus on the negative, cause I would like to focus on the positive too, but any bars or restaurants that you don't think or that have announced they are not surviving this? Well, uh, you know, you read stuff on Facebook. No one has contacted us and said, we're not opening. Okay. Uh, that, that is an advertiser of ours that we are. Uh, doing, you know, events at and things like that. You know, I've heard rumors there are some some bars and restaurants are saying they're in trouble and they may not reopen. But I don't have names because 
again, I've not had somebody contact me and tell me that. I've had a lot of them contact me and say, you know, uh, this is hard on us. We want to get open. And we've continued to try to promote things. Uh, again, my wife, Cindy, wrote an article talking about our advertisers and people in the business help them out, you know, get get a to-go order, get a curbside pickup. A gift uh, card, maybe, yeah. A gift card, anything good, Bo. Um, but help help these guys out. You know, we're all in this together, and we are definitely stronger together. So, There's no doubt about that. You know, uh, so Full Throttle Magazine, again, available at, you know, bars, restaurants, motorcycle shops, uh, you know, many, many different places and online on Facebook for sure. Um, first thing I opened up the front page, I don't know, you must have a connection or something because there's your mug right on the inside cover. Uh, let's, uh, let's just give you a little plug for Universal Realty Group. How long have you been doing real estate? Oh, I've been in real estate about 25 years, Bo. And do you enjoy it still? I'm an old-timer. I love it. It's uh, Even with what's going on right now, things are still happening fast. Properties are getting listed uh, with us that are selling the same day, the next day. Wow. Uh, it's a diff- different uh, market. Uh, people are a little more cautious. We're doing some more online stuff and Internet-type uh uh, bookings and sales contracts and things, but uh, it's still moving along. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing that we can do this technology. Me doing my show from my home studio on KMOX Radio, the voice of St. Louis, and you're able to sell homes through the internet and you're able to get your magazine out. I think it's just amazing. I, I mentioned to my wife, Erica, uh, just the other day, I said, could you imagine going through this um, without the technology that you would still have to have a calling card or call long distance, you know, collect call to your dad or your mom or whatever. It's just, it's a different world. And it does, the internet does bring everything a little bit closer. Makes it amazing. Think about when you and I first started writing, I'm older than you, but um, think about when we first started writing, if this would have happened then, where would we be? Right. We wouldn't have a magazine on the street. We wouldn't be selling real estate. So uh, you wouldn't be doing your show from home. Exactly. So. Still functioning. Well, Bob, really good to talk to you. It's been too long. Next time in person. How about that? That sounds like a date, my friend. I look forward to it. All right. My best to you and your wife and your family and uh, Full Throttle Magazine on Facebook as well. And uh, thank you for your time. And and hopefully this conversation will motivate people to, uh, if they're still wanting to stay at home in quarantine, at least go out in the garage and shine up the bike so it's ready. Because you're like the king of a shiny bike. I mean, you really are. That's you. That's me, Mr. Mr. Shiny. All right, Bob Bland from Full Throttle Magazine. Thanks for joining us on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, in the first hour of the program, we spoke with Jerry Kirk from Brookdale Farms about his real-world experience uh, attempting to get these small business uh, loan opportunities out there that the government has put out there. Coming up next, Anthony Noto from SoFi. We're going to talk to him next with more specific details. So if you are a small business owner, medium-sized business owner, stay tuned for sure. Even if you're just an employee, you'll want to know what opportunities your employer will have for themselves and ultimately for you. It's coming up on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and we continue uh, with a lot of concerns about small business and small to medium-sized businesses, which there are plenty within the listening audience of KMOX here in the St. Louis metro area. And if you have a lot of questions, and I've already talked to several business owners that do have a lot of questions. Did they miss the mark? Did they miss the timing? 
Well, I got a guy. Anthony Noto is the CEO of SoFi and serves on its board of directors. Before joining SoFi, he served as chief operating officer of Twitter, St. Louis Connection there, since uh, November 2016, and as its chief financial officer when joining the company in 2014, and a lot of other things. U.S. Military Academy, thank you for your service, sir, and also uh, University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. Welcome to KMOX. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's get right down to it because a lot of people reach out to me, and I'm just I, I'm just a guy that asks questions. So, if in the suggested questions that I have, how can small businesses increase their chances of of, t- of obtaining the funding before this second round of the loans run out again? That has been a direct question just yesterday from a friend of mine. What would be your best chance? Because this business owner I'm talking about has submitted three different times and has heard nothing back. The best way to increase your odds of getting a, a PPP loan via the SBA is to cast the net as wide as you can, and I'll give you an example of how to do that. And second, apply as soon as you can because it's basically first come, first serve. So apply immediately. Um, what we were able to create in four days after the CARES Act was passed at SoFi.com and also on our SoFi app is you come to the site or you go to the app and click on small business loans. You then fill out an application that's relatively quick. That application gets sent to a network of hundreds of potential lenders for small, medium businesses. And so it's not just one lender, it's dozens of lenders that will get your application. You get a match, and we get about 42% matches, and then you get offers from a number of different um, and so you have an ability to apply to many places all at once, all through SoFi.com or, or SoFi the app. Um, the benefit of that process is very different than if you just go to your local bank or a large national commercial bank. You're just putting one egg in one basket. In this case, you're casting it to hundreds of potential lenders that will look at your application and then, and then respond with it, an offer. So it's a, it's a way to do it um, by casting an app one application as opposed to filling out dozens. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, one business owner that I spoke to, uh, he put in four different applications and he said number three was the one that that was accepted because it seemed like they were updating their application processes, how he understood it or what he thought. And the great news was, Anthony, was that that he got exactly what he was looking for. He got the the maximum allowed for his business. Uh, But this really does come down to a timing game and it shows the magnitude of how many small and medium-sized businesses are in our country, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And and some of the partners that they could be applying to may not have all the information correctly in the application. They may not have the right transmission to the SBA. There just may be technical reasons why it's not getting done. So definitely put you you know don't put your your all your eggs in one basket. Go through something like a marketplace, which SoFi.com was able to build in a very short period of time. We don't actually do the loans ourselves. We're facilitating an applicant to get that application to dozens of of lenders. Um, And that's the way to make sure the application gets through and, and it gets approved or not by the SBA, which is ultimately the deciding factor. Now, the big chunks of information that you are submitting in this application are your taxes, your uh, your cost, uh, your business cost, your expenses, things like that. I mean, it, it should be pretty well self-evident. As, and most, cr- most critically is your payroll. You know, how many people will this help? How much is that economic cost? The p- payroll is an important addition to your overall financial situation. We're talking with Anthony Noto. He is the CEO of SoFi. And uh, explain more what SoFi does on, on, a, on a regular day. Let's say a year ago. What, what do you guys normally do? Thank, well, 
I appreciate you asking that. Um, we're an online personal finance company that helps people borrow, save, spend, invest, and protect their money, all from a mobile device or desktop computer. And we provide all those capabilities and tools for people to do everything on one app on their phone. So it's very convenient. They can refinance existing loans. They could get a mortgage. They could refinance a mortgage. They could spend money, uh, pay bills, and transfer money with their SoFi Money debit card or ATM card, and they can invest in stocks without paying commissions wow. as well as ETFs and cryptocurrency. So the ability to do whatever you need to do with your money, all, all from your phone, um, and generally we, you know, don't charge uh, fees. There's not hidden. Um, there's not a hidden agenda. It's very transparent. Um, all available in one app. Um, in real time, and you never have to go to a physical institution. Wow, that's you fantastic! The app and, and be up and running in a few minutes. And just go to the uh, the app store where you buy your apps and 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 get it that way. Yes, sir. Uh, S O F I is the just search SoFi, and you'll you'll see your app come up, and you can be off and running in a matter of minutes. Whether you want to open your brokerage account or a SoFi money account to pay your bills or pay your friends or to deposit your your income from your direct deposit or uh, to upload a mobile check if you want. Makes it check via the mobile device. It does make it seamless. Uh, you know, it is amazing. My wife and I were just talking about this this morning about uh, how life would have been say 20 years ago before the technology, I mean, you know, because I'm doing my show for my home studio and every show on KMOX is doing that. The technology alone, I believe, is getting us through this uh, the stay-at-home order uh, that's nationwide. And, you know, of course, you know, parts of the country are trying to open up here and there, different phases. Uh, but just like your company, the radio business, uh, the entertainment business, it's done with this thing we call the internet it's 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 amazing i mean if you go back to your history let's say going back uh, from your bio you you worked with the nfl um uh, you spent three years there as the cfo uh how would how would that look for you 20 years ago you know yeah no absolutely the the demand for digital banking or digital financial services like sofi is, is increasing meaningfully on the back of this just unprecedented tragic situation, you know, people for the first time in their lives have to restructure all of their finances. They have to think about rainy day funds, which they've never had to think about before, but doctors and lawyers and hairdressers and dentists and carpenters Everybody. overnight have lost their income. Yeah. They've lost their income at no fault of their own. And so now they have to think about having, you know, a savings account put away. They have to, if they've never downloaded an app to do banking or financial services, they have to do that now for the first time. So we're trying to react as quickly as we can and being really agile and listening to our members. And we have more than a million members and the outcry that we heard from them about small, medium business loans was really strong. And we were able to react within four days to help serve them really well. I will tell you something that uh, just uh, my New Year's resolution literally was to get uh, all my stuff online banking just this past January 1st. And you just made me real. I'm so glad that I did that when I did it because I'd be, you know, trying to, you know, crawl through that process now. But uh, it's so seamless. Everything's done from the computer. Um, if you could uh, reflect or, or actually project uh, what you think uh, these, you know, huge amounts of money, $349 billion in the PPP loans just announced, uh, the previous uh, infusion, that it, how is this going to affect, in your opinion, our country long term? I think that the critical situation right now is to get through this difficult environment economically from a health perspective um, and from an ecosystem perspective and so that we can you know 
regroup on the other side and restructure the things that need to be structured over the long term. Yeah. You know, there are many instances in our country's history where you have some secular, unexpected change like this, and then the company, sorry, the country reacts um, incredibly fast. It comes together to really solve the broader global issues. And right now, it's about making sure people can eat, making sure they're in a safe place, making sure they're out of harm's way, and that when, God forbid, they do get struck with this awful disease, that we can care for them right away and we can test and identify the issues. So, but on the back side of this, we have to create a whole new environment for what it means to have potential risks of pandemic. Um, and we've seen this in other decades and other generations, and it's up to our generation to really solve this problem, not just for the United States, but quite frankly, for across the, the whole, you know, the whole world. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing, and you mentioned it, uh, you know, with the uh, meatpacking plants around the country, we keep seeing headlines about that this week. Every week it's been something, you know, three weeks ago, it, beca- it really became political. Uh, but the meatpacking plants are, you know, on the top of everybody's mind, you go to the meat department at your grocery store and it's a little picked over more than it usually is. It's kind of like toilet paper of the, of the week. Um, that is a, 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 a crucial situation because hunger is going to be the biggest motivator for anybody, uh, good or bad. Uh, but I look at that and I'm thinking, wow, if we were in a third world country, and there's a lot of third world countries that are dealing with uh, COVID-19 right now, we are so blessed to be in America at this time. Yep, no, absolutely. It's a, We've obviously stood the test of time and a leader globally, and, and it's the responsibility falls on those that have the most, and that most is defined by not just capabilities, but economic resources and talent and expertise. And it's been amazing to see how quickly our government and our you know political leaders have reacted, but it will ultimately come down to all of us uh, pitching in and, and holding hands uh, as we grip, grip hands to the next generation in the next couple of decades so, having this uh, potential risk attack us unexpectedly. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and helping those people out there just scrambling and looking at the wall going, what do I do now? Well, hopefully we've given them some information to help them make this the next step. Great. Thank you very much for having me and be safe. Stick around. Coming up next, we're going to focus on the family, uh, specifically the children. If you've heard of the Head Start program, I didn't know this until recently, that it was created by Lyndon B. Johnson in 1965. I've always heard of Head Start. If you uh, would like to know more information about how Head Start can help with your young kids and the entire family, stick around. We're going to talk to uh, Jahara Davis. She is the Director of Public Relations at the Riverbend Head Start program next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. St. Louis's weather station, KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and it takes everybody to do things differently to get through this time in our world. But there is a lot of focus on the children and, you know, the schools being out. It's it's so difficult. It's such a different world. Mom and dads are staying at home and working from home and the kids are there and it's just a little bit crazy. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk to an expert and from Riverbend Head Start, uh, the director of public relations is Jahara Davis. Jahara, how are you today? I am doing fine, and thank you for having me on the call today. I really appreciate that, Bo. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I know a little bit about what Head Start is, but if you want to explain it, uh, it's the program of the United States Department of Health and Human Services, but you you do more than just dealing with the children. Um, you, do, you, you, actually, uh, you actually take the whole family under your wing, don't you? We actually do. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because a lot of people uh, tend to think that 
has started just a preschool or early learning uh, classroom setting, and it is so much more. Um, we definitely have staff that take their time and work with each individual family. Um, we provide supportive services, um, making sure that they have resources. Because if, if you really think about it, we can't really be successful with helping a child and making their life go beyond kindergarten in a successful manner if we're not really helping that family, you know, navigate through this life that that is so challenging, especially right now. Um, and so what we're doing is we're having our staff, including our teachers, our teacher assistants, and our family advocates that actually go out in the homes and visit on a, you know, on a typical um, day uh, throughout the week. We normally have those visits, but right now we've been – course, working from home, but that doesn't stop our operations. Yeah. How, doing- how have you modified your operation? Because normally <laughs> you're in person. Um, I, <laughs> yes. I guess the face mask and, and, and the self-distancing doesn't really work in this situation. So uh, you have a kind of direction or counseling going on over, just over the phone or over like Zoom meetings? We do. Um, a, a number of different things. We're using different um, methods. That includes uh, Facebook, Facebook Live, Zoom sessions. Um, Google Classroom, uh, some of our teachers are using Class Dojo. What we find to make it work and be effective for our teachers are letting them actually, we have a, a specific uh, program that we want everybody to use, but we're also allowing them to do things that are comfortable with them as right. well, you know, so, so that the teachers and our parents have a lot of flexibility in how they're learning and teaching the children. Um, as far as resources, where our our uh, staff are having uh, weekly contacts with our parents over the phone and through those Zoom sessions, just for one-on-one calls, as well as those classroom settings, so that the children are comfortable and see that they're they still are in communication with their teachers. They get to see uh, them read books to them, uh, you know. Um, and, and ask questions, and they get to really have a real story time and answer questions that parents may have about some of the assignments that they need to work on. And, I mean, our teaching experiences are not just through, you know, worksheets or, or uh, a book. It is definitely having our parents understand that they are the child's first teacher. So regardless if we, you know, have to extend this period of being at home longer, um, our our families and our parents, they really do understand the value of being able to have contact with our staff and then being able to employ those same things and resources and tools with their children at home. So they can go in the backyard and um, or walk down the street and, and find ways to, you know, teach math sure. uh, about colors and shapes. We are still, we have our um, nutrition specialists and some of our staff going to our gardens that are located at all of our centers and, you know, getting that produce just like we would typically and, you know, making sure families are being fed, working with SSP, with the Senior Services Plus, um, one of our community partnerships, wow. uh, to make sure that we're distributing food and other supplies that families need. So for some of our larger centers, we're making sure that we have at least 20 meal bags ready for families. And from our small centers, 10 meal bags for our families. And it could... It could um, Decrease or increase, it just depends on what our families are, you know, communicating with our staff. So, I mean, we're really working as much as we can, even though we're working from home and remotely. We're, we're all about continuous learning, no matter how we have to do it. it it's fantastic. Jahar Davis, how long have you been uh, with Riverbend Head Start? I've been with Riverbend Head Start for a little over three years. Wow. And you probably have never worked so hard in your whole life. Well, 
I wouldn't say that because I come from, I've been in nonprofit for probably over 13 years now. So. I, I guess my point is the evolution <laughs> of what you're having to do to still uh, accomplish your mission, uh, but having oh, to yes, do it remotely. Is, oh, yeah, this is a definite uh, change for myself and as, as a lot of the teachers. I the mean, whole world. There's a lot of teachers that, you know, have never experienced something like this. I'm a little familiar with technology, but it's been a big learning curve for our teachers as well, just to, you know, get familiar with some of the systems and uh, technology and be comfortable with using it as well. Well, I think it's fantastic. I, I didn't realize you guys were so involved. I, again, I was one of the people that, you know, I, I heard Head Start. It's like uh, before they go into kindergarten, but it obviously mm-hmm. you're, you're proving it's it's so much more than that. And your one location, uh, Riverbend Head Start, reaches uh, what townships around you? So we have um, two locations in Granite City, one in Alton, one in Bethalto, one in Edwardsville, and one in Collinsville. Um, so we do serve the entire Madison County of Illinois. Oh, man, that's fantastic. And, and you're, you, you know, a lot of the parents are now homes, and if you're doing a video chat with them, uh, how is that experience going? Uh, you know, are they, are they struggling with, uh, okay, how do I transfer what Jahara just told me to my four-year-old? Are, are they having difficulty with that, or do you think it's fluid and that they're doing a pretty good job of it? doing a pretty good job at it and I think that's because our staff is um, doing what they've always done is staying in contact with them yeah um, and that they feel comfortable they're confident in getting the information from our staff and I think that's because we're all about building relationships and that's where it starts when you come to uh, you know enroll your child in head start we're about building a relationship with that parent that family so that even when that child goes to kindergarten if they have questions at some point during that that first year of kindergarten they're still able to contact us. And that's what we love about our families. You know, they, they are always comfortable with asking questions. And, you know, really, we have questions that we wouldn't think some of our families would ask, but they are definitely <laughs> um, understanding the value of communicating with us and making sure that they do have their child as a number one priority. So that's always great. And that is something that we see all the time. Well, that's fantastic. How many children uh, does the Head Start program in the Riverbend area affect any given week? We have um, a little, I'll say a little over 750 children on, uh, you know, and that's both our home visiting program and our center-based program. So wow. like I said, you know, we have centers that have classrooms, children come in every day, some half day, some full day. And then we have, um, children that are enrolled in our program and families that we actually have staff that go out to their homes and do educational lessons there. Um, And again, even when a child is enrolled in our classroom setting, uh, we have staff that go visit their homes, uh, you know, and nurse, you know, nurse, um, our health advocates, we have that go in their homes as well, just to make sure that the medical needs are being met. um, Especially at a time right now, you know? Yes. Yes, mental health is important, medical, you know, dental. And so it's a struggle with those areas, I will say, because of what's going on right now. Because, right. you know, normally we would provide transportation, um, which we still will if that is something that's, you know, necessary. If we can get a kid in to go see a dental, uh, a, a dentist, we'll definitely do that. That's amazing. Um, but right now, a lot of times, you know, we're experiencing that some of these doctors or dentist offices are not actually having appointments right now. So, but 
throughout the year, that's what we do, and that's what we continue to do is, is serve our family. It's nonstop. Division uh, Director of Public Relations, Jahar Davis from Riverbend uh, Head Start. If uh, somebody's saying, you know, i got a baby on the way, I've got, I, I didn't know about it, I've always heard about Head Start, even I've always heard about Head Start, just didn't know where to turn next, where would you direct somebody that is either a new parent or a soon-to-be parent to go to to find out what you guys can do for their family? Oh, um, they can definitely give us a call at 618-463-5946. Again, 618-463-5946. And someone will definitely um, get your information. Of course, like I said, we're working from home, so leave a message if no one answers. Sure. Email calling you back within 24 hours. Um, I'll say 24 to 48 hours just to be on the safe side. But um they can also email us at info at riverbendfamilies.org. Okay, and, and for anybody that's not listening in your uh, your close vicinity, is there a, a main website that people could go to? Is it headstart.org.gov, anything like that? They can go to riverbendfamilies.org. And that's for people that are outside of your area as well? Yes. Oh, okay. And you can, you can, if they, if they, if they just have, if they have uh, questions, they can send us an email or if they, if they wanted to go to, um, Head Start, uh, the National Head Start website, they can definitely do that as well. And then they, they would be able to get a location for any of the, uh, cities or zip codes that they may live in okay. and then find a, a location near them. Well, thank you for doing the heavy lifting with the, uh, the families and the small children. Jahar Davis, it has been a pleasure to talk to you, and I thank you for joining me on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Coming up next on the program, i got some big news I want to share with a friend. And, of course, we're supposed to all check in on our friends and family from time to time throughout this these stay-at-home orders. We're going to do that with my good buddy Billy Combs down in Florida next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And I wanted to uh, get my buddy Billy on the phone. Billy Combs, Jr., uh, is on the line, buddy. I learned something this week off Instagram, and I wanted to share it with you. This is pretty important. You know who Dwayne Johnson is? The Rock. Yeah. Turned out to be a great actor, right? Yeah. Well, he is just like every other American out there, and he is sheltering in place. Of course, he I believe he's in Hawaii or maybe Southern California, but he does his videos from inside of his gym. And, if you know, all the gyms across the country are closed, but he's The Rock, and he's got his own private gym. Of course. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's put a smile on my face. All right. I weigh four pounds difference than The Rock. Get out of here. <laughs> four pounds. That's it. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. If I could have done that uh, trigger eyebrow that he can do, I, I'd have been a star too. But <laughs> Him and Spock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Isn't that crazy? For, when he said it, because uh, somebody, you know, people ask questions on Instagram, and he's like, okay, I'll just tell you right now, I'm, I'm, I, I weigh 281. I was like, Yes. Nice. I'm in a rock category. I'm in rock territory. That's crazy. And now we're going to talk about bacon on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I don't think the rock eats much bacon. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, you you are a, a, a quintessential uh, unlicensed chef. Uh, I, I you, don't know about that. You love to I cook. Mean, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good cook. I've learned a lot, yeah. What's your favorite thing to make, especially during quarantine time? Do you do any pantry runs and, and, uh, and figure out, okay, tonight we're going to do this. Yeah, I'm using my, uh, thanks to you, I'm using my Instant Pot. Hello. 
a lot. Isn't that uh, a winner? We just put together an amazing beef stew that literally, I mean, this was, this was a big meal too. This was a big roast with potatoes and the whole thing. And I started it off slow cooking it. I'm like, yeah, let's just, you know, halfway through it. I'm like, let's just put the lid on the thing and, and, and pressure cook it. Like, right. you know, for like five minutes and it was perfect. Wow. And we took that and we broke it down and turned it into stroganoff. So we're still eating on it, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're making the meal stretch out pretty good. I, I think it's fantastic. My wife, uh, Erica, cooks with it all the time. She does a lot of beans in it and stuff. And usually yeah. beans, you have to you have to rinse them, you have to wash them, you have to soak them overnight. Dude, within an hour. It's crazy. Yeah. I've never seen Yeah, it, it, beans, dry beans. You can have them in, it just fall apart in your fingertips in 12 minutes. It's just, it's crazy. It's not natural. You know, a lot of people are uh, talking about the headlines of the meatpacking plants closing down yeah. because of COVID-19. That, that's a little scary because long-term, what is that going to mean for us? I don't know, but uh, I've done, you know, and I'm the only meat eater in the house, so I've stocked up as much as I can uh, in my, you know, normal size refrigerator freezer. Uh, but a lot of people are stocking up on meat because of these headlines. That, just like the toilet paper run, it's the meat run. Yep. And yep. Uh, something great about that is you can go from frozen meat into the Instant Pot and done on the table within 45 minutes. She did uh, frozen ribs, and they were three bone sections, Yeah, and they were fall off the bone. I mean, there was no 14 hours of smoking. Because you know me, I don't, I, don't, I don't wait for food anyway. Exactly. And there's ways to, let me, I, I, I tried it this time. I have a pepper that's a smoked pepper, black pepper. Okay. And it just looks like regular, you know, it's a little, maybe a little, little grainier than, than regular table pepper, but you uh, put it up to your face and you smell it. It just smells like the smoker outside, you know, and you just, a couple of pinches of that in the instant pot while it was cooking, it just made the whole house smell like it was cooking brisket well if you had guests which you don't because we're all staying at home in place right. you could say right. been on the smoker for 18 hours <laughs> with I've an apple saying, in its mouth <laughs> i've been bragging to the neighbor over the fence you know <laughs> which, by the way his mango tree is, is falling they're they're dropping perfect mangoes i'll have to send you a bunch do they fall on your side of the fence no, unfortunately, but we'd have set up a basket. So I take him brisket and he brings me mangoes. So you know, nice. it's a pretty good relationship. All right, Billy Combs, good to talk to you, buddy. Be safe in South Florida, and uh, we will talk again soon, brother. Okay, can't wait. Can't wait. All right, that's going to do it for me. My name is Bo Matthews on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Have a great rest of your weekend and a great week. Be safe.